This episode of Twin Speaks contains spoilers. First listen of the Sisters Brothers, starring John C. Riley, Joaquin Phoenix, Jake Gyllenhaal, and Riz Ahmed. Riz Ahmed. Riz Ahmed. Directed by Jacques Odierd. I said this before. I was like saying it to myself. I was like, I'm gonna get this right, <laughs> and then I fucked it up. <laughs> I think he's French. He's uh, I think he's Italian. All right. Well, zero for two. Because like they filmed it in Italy. Italy. That's where it was filmed? Yeah. Oh, God, I should know this. Oh, my God. Uh, also written by him and Thomas uh, Beat Again. I'm going to say that one was pretty close. <laughs> okay. I'm your co-host, Pat. You can find me on Twitter, at KidCombo underscore. And I have, a, of course, joined by my twin brother and co-host. You can find him on social media, at Anemonium. Recently has taken a new love with the NBA. It's Andrew. My favorite teams are LA and Golden State. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> well, you were like telling me that. I mean, you didn't say that. Your I don't, favorite teams so, like, are LA fa- and I'm not, Golden State. But. Okay, so it's LeBron, so I'm just going to follow it. Yeah, sure. And Golden State can get fucked. Like, they're always going to be good. They're going to be good. They're the yeah, best, sure. possibly the best team in the NBA of all time. For, yeah, I was going to say for a really long time. So. But who, I'm, yeah. What was your? You said your favorite team was what? Denver? I don't have. I don't know. Just sort I'm, of. A I'm following team. Denver. Yeah. Right. Um. I'm because well, I was hoping that Isaiah Thomas would be back, but he's not. And then <laughs> obviously like the Raptors because, mo- as most Canadians do, Kawhi. <laughs> Kawhi Leonard. Oh yeah, <laughs> Kawhi. <laughs> See, this is how my love of the NBA has yeah. started. Justin, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Uh, what made you get into the NBA then? I, I don't know. I just. I, what are you trying to do here? I'm trying to spark some sizzle. No. <laughs> I don't want any sizzle, no sizzle. <laughs> All right. Maybe. Uh, that was kind of my only preamble. That was the only thing yeah. I had set up for. I was going to so. say, I was impressed with how you said the Sisters Brothers because, like, I, I actually thought of all the things that you were going to mess up, that would be it. But. Oh, I have been practicing saying that. Because I've been sisters describing sisters it to everybody brothers. I've been talking to. Because I fucking love that movie. I it thought was it was so good. Yeah. Unbelievable. But, we'll but uh, yeah, there's a little sizzle there for uh, yeah. you to keep listening. Stay tuned. Stay tuned for my, well, I guess you already know my thoughts. But. <laughs> yeah. They could I mean, you could close out right now, now yeah. yeah. Just give us that listen and that's it. Um, yeah, okay, let's do some news first. Mm-hmm. There's just been like some decent, uh, super interesting stuff over the last little week. So to start off, did you hear Guillermo del Toro is going to direct a Pinocchio um Oh, sorry. You, you're Film. right. Jacques Adiard Ad- is, is um, French. French. Yeah. All right. But it was filmed in Italy. I do know that. Cool. Anyways. So, yeah. Guillermo del Toro is uh, directing a Pinocchio movie for Netflix. Uh, it's, according to Variety, it'll be a stop-motion musical version of the classic children's tale. And he's set to write and produce the film in addition to directing with Mark Gustafson co-directing and Patrick McHale co-writing the script. When when did we decide that we needed live action versions of everything? No, it's animated. I thought you just said live action. No, no, no. I said uh, animated uh, stop motion musical right. version. Well, that which puts, stop yeah. motion will be really cool. Now I have all this pent up rage. <laughs> <laughs> Where am I gonna spew it? <laughs> oh, that was really maxing out the levels there. <laughs> um, yeah, that's fine. I I have no thoughts about it then. 
I think that's it'd be fine. cool. Yeah, that'd be kind of sweet. I don't know what a little weird that they're like Guillermo del Toro movie is gonna be like. Well, isn't I thought Pinocchio was Disney? Is it not? Yeah, I think so. So it's interesting that they're doing a Disney movie for Netflix. Oh, before all this. Oh, yeah, yeah true. Is it for Netflix? When it's, is it supposed yeah. to come out? Um, there was kind of no info on it yet. It just says like what the movie movie will be about. So stop motion, um, musical version of it. But other than that, I mean, it doesn't really have too much on it. But yeah, kind of weird that it'll be for Netflix and not. I mean, I thought we unless Disney. it's not a Disney movie. Yeah, are we like I'm messing up? Because right Pinocchio was in Shrek. So so that's okay. Wait, is it a remake or is it like its own thing? Because if it's its own thing, then like this is based off of a children's novel from the eighteen eighty three or something. Which yeah. So I, it could be based on that, and that's how they're getting around it. So they might not be doing it through Disney. Yeah, and it says uh, based off the version of the classic children's so tale. That's it. So, so that's, maybe that's so it's they, not a Disney version at all. So yeah, that's right. how they're not releasing it on the disney streaming service oh that's kind of um not sneaky but smart sneaky, i guess smart yeah, yeah smart. that's the only way you can get around sure. it. sure because disney got so a hold of so many of these things oh, early yeah. on they're big on that kind of stuff so uh i mean that'll be kind of interesting i think a musical version of it yeah. i mean the disney ones i think is somewhat musical it is i think they all are yeah. yeah but uh stop motion i think that'll be really cool be since really weird. like Guillermo del Toro <laughs> it's gonna be really, really all weird <laughs> I, and he hasn't really done any uh animated stuff i mean he's probably done know, like probably. some short stuff but... yeah i don't know how this is gonna i just I, cool i, I like <laughs> like the idea of pinocchio being real weird looking how do you do that in stop, stop motion, motion. like watch them just be like the twigs Ugh. like just sticks that are wrapped together <laughs> and then <laughs> and there's like gonna be a labyrinth involved and <laughs> okay it's gonna be a real frog <laughs> <laughs> maybe i don't know there'll be a fish guy at some point fish in guy? a castle yeah I'm, I'm i don't know yeah, all the movies bridging, together yeah. <laughs> anyway Okay, moving on. Uh, Wind River director Taylor Sheridan uh, to direct and write new film starring Chris Pratt. Yeah. Um, working title is Fast, and it's sort of based on, like, I think a CIA agent. It yeah. sounded like. That's what it sounded like. It was like a C... No, it was like a... It was like the CIA is trying to get this guy that the FBI is protecting or vice versa. Yeah, okay. I can't remember. But, um, but it's like... It almost sounds like a little Sicario-like, too, yeah, which cool. is cool. Um, that's I don't sweet. know, like him, Chris Pratt in like that serious of a movie too. Yeah, like Ter- Taylor Sheridan doesn't do comedy. Like all, of, how all. many? Like Wind River, Sicario, Hell or High Water. Very serious movies. Very serious movies, <laughs> and like it'll be great to see him in that though. Like I'm yeah, excited cool. to see how he does. But he it definitely fits the mold as far as like what, who he directs. Yeah, sure. Chris Pine. Chris Pine. Ben Foster. Yeah. Um. Hawkeye. Jeff Bridges. <laughs> yeah. Did you say Hawkeye? Jeremy yeah. Renner. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Jeremy <laughs> Renner, Josh Brolin. Like, yeah. all those, like, type of, like, ma- not like manly men, but, like... Hollywood. Yeah, Hollywood man manly actors, men. Yeah. yeah. Sure. It's interesting because I think this is really is only happening because um, what, like Guardians of the Galaxy is on hiatus, and then same with Jurassic yeah. Park franchise. It's probably, like, done for a little bit, so... Yeah. It's well, I saw that uh, Kevin Feige said that we're getting Avengers 4 by the end of the year. Yeah, right. And Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is not happening. It's like shelved right now. Oof. Which is kind of what we said last week. Yeah. We had said that like, uh, they're like 
they're putting it on hiatus. Like they're not yeah. doing it. Like so they might just be... move it for Fantastic Four yeah, or sure. X Men or something. Like they're they're now they're gonna now, shift focus to something else. Like they could end it there and they could still use those characters in Avengers movies. Yeah, like they did. Or a new Thor. Yeah. If he stays Thor. Yeah, sure. And just shift in a new, like, different team. Yeah. It's like nobody, like... Which is probably, that's, like, the biggest thing that they'll probably do. Yep. But, um... Yeah, I'm excited know. for this. I love Taylor Sheridan. I love anything I just uh, done. I love and the Taylor... fact that he, like, directed yeah. Wind River, too. And Hell or High Water. And... No, he didn't direct Hell or High Water. Yeah, I thought he did. No, he, he wrote didn't. It anyway. He wrote it. Yeah. He wrote Sicario, didn't direct Sicario, but he directed. Oh, right, because that was the big thing with. Was that yeah, he? Right. He said he, only he could do it because yeah. he'd spent time on okay, those reserves. You're right. I do remember yeah. that. Um, I I'm excited for this because of t- Taylor Sheridan, but I uh, I don't know what like for Chris Pratt in that sort of role. Yeah, I don't know either. But yeah. but I I mean he got Chris Pine to look. I mean he didn't direct that, but Chris Pine's like, a good actor. Chris though, Pine's like, an amazing actor. Yeah. And he made him look, you know, he was able to look sort of grizzled and fit that role really, really well. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, Jeremy Renner, obviously, is a fantastic actor. So I, I don't think that there's going to be a problem shifting Hollywood guy to this this sort of movie. Yeah. Where you're sort of uh, removed from that, like, aspect of Hollywood. But uh, I don't know. I, I'm excited for it, but I'm apprehensive about Chris yeah. Pratt. Yeah. That's fair. Um, yeah, so moving on, Leonardo DiCaprio and Martin Scorsese to reteam on Killer of the Flower Moon, based on the book of the same name by David Graham, uh, with Eric Roth penning the script. There's like a little blurb about what it is. It says, the story is set in 1920s Oklahoma and revolves around the Osage Nation, who were the richest people per capita in the world after oil uh, was discovered under their land, and then they were murdered one by one. Oh. Sounds fucking cool. Sounds, sounds like a classic Martin Scorsese movie. <laughs> sounds like classic American Midwest history movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that sounds awesome. Like There's really nothing of, else like yeah. when the movie is going to come out or whatever that like it just sounds fucking cool. And it's cool to see those two again yeah. working together. His uh, The Irishman's coming out on Netflix. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. And I saw that it's only doing like a two week run. Yeah. Which is crazy. Like a like, theatrical run. Like yeah. where did they do? Yeah, it's like through Netflix, yeah. but they're like, so like oh, how we'll only do it for two weeks, <laughs> yeah, like and then the... we're gonna like. Rip so they're it like, in. we'll run it for two weeks, and then we'll put it back on Netflix. Yeah, suck it, nerds. <laughs> like, yeah. What? Yeah. like I don't understand that. Anyways, like, this looks. Fun. You guys just wait, and it'll be yeah. for free anyway, or whatever. Yeah, but knowing that too, like we're not gonna see that for three years. Oh, probably yeah, because it takes them how long? It to took move forever for like... the Irishman to get made. Yeah. So. And same with whatever the last one. Silence. Yeah, was probably the last one. Yeah, Adam Driver and yeah. And Andrew Garfield. Liam Neeson was in that, too. Hey, look at us naming names. You're going to jinx it. Fuck yeah. We got it over with in the very beginning when you screwed up <laughs> the last bit of those names. <laughs> now we're on a roll. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, so uh, the other big one, which probably isn't that like surprising, is Lucasfilms confirms that Boba Fett's Star Wars movie is 100% dead. I wonder if this is them being like, Boba Fett is dead. Yeah, is like it like dead. the movie's dead and he's dead? Or is he's it dead, like, stop asking about yeah. it. <laughs> but well, I mean, I this, this makes, makes sense. sense because they're doing that. The Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Show. And this is their way. I think this is the exact same thing they did with a, like um, A Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. They are shifting into a new group of yep. characters and getting rid of the ones that were. 
so that a new group of like a new fan base has yeah. something to hold on to. Sure. So if they say no Boba Fett, but hey, we have this other cool guy. Yeah. Check him out. Like he's basically the same thing, but maybe he's like I don't know a little bit different. And gives them a bit more control because they can start. Yes, exactly. Up. So they can like dictate whatever his background is. They don't have people going like, well, actually, Boba Fett yeah, would yeah. Really do that or whatever. Like, fucking Star Wars fandom, like they would love to do that. They would love to pick it apart and be able to like. But they, if they're starting from the ground up, then they you know, have, they, they don't have the about. liberty yeah, of doing yeah, yeah. that. Like exactly, loose. they have all the control. Yeah. Cool. That that's I mean that's great news. Everybody kind of saw that coming anyway. But fuck yeah, that yeah. Star Wars show looks just, sweet. Yeah, wait, watch like them go through nine or ten episodes, and on the tenth episode, closing credits, takes off his helmet one last time. Both of them. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't dead. <laughs> we were fucking, and then he's just middle finger towards the camera. Yeah. <laughs> Turns into like a dead fool, kind of like breaking the fourth wall thing. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, nerd. Yeah. <laughs> I was Remake wrong. Last Jedi now, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's cool. Uh, I'm excited for that show, though. Um, yeah, moving on. This Ryan Johnson uh, murder mystery movie that Knives Out sounds really fucking cool because Jamie Lee Curtis just got added to it. Your favorite. Uh, Inc. but uh, Daniel Craig, Chris Evans, Lakeith Stanfield, and Michael Shannon are all in the credits. Yeah, I'll see anything Michael Shannon's in. And Ryan Johnson. I really like Ryan Johnson. I know a lot of people didn't like that last Star Wars movie, but whatever. Fuck it. Like I fucking like. I like. Yeah, it but a he lot. did. What other movie did he did? did? He did that monster one, or is that? Am I thinking? Of... No, you're right. He did Godzilla, and then he did and monsters. Monsters before that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a oh, sick I love... movie. Honestly, I rewatched Godzilla recently. I like it. It's really good. It's really Still, good. It's really good. People like the shit on that movie because Why? it was like because it's like the army aspect. But it's like what other aspect are you expecting to yeah, see? Yeah, but they needed you rewatch it again and you go like they could take two ways. They could do the civilian like they do in Monsters. Sure, yeah. They yeah, are I, those like are identical person, movies. Yeah. They are identical movies. Yeah. Uh, instead they were like well i can't do that again like i could and you could just like follow through but then you add that military aspect all of a sudden you have a reason for characters to be close to the monster exactly. otherwise you don't have one otherwise you have a camera up close but yeah. whose perspective are you using? otherwise you're just that person on the train that gets yes. you know destroyed and you're, you're like oh there goes the monster yeah, okay put, it's like i'm over with this it. is such a tangent but like if you put if you put him close then at least you have a reason to like, yeah, exactly. Be close to the action and everything. It yeah. gives you a perspective to like associate yourself with. You're like, all right, that makes sense. Like he's a military, like he would be there. And the way that he, they like talk about him and stuff, he's like one of the last guys who can defuse bombs. Like sure. has his job. Yeah, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. I like those. I'll like Ryan Johnson's fun. I like him like, a lot. Um, it just says the pick from MRC is a modern day murder mystery in the classic whodunit style infused with Johnson's original voice that informed films from Brick to Looper. He didn't Looper? Oh, I forgot about that. Damn, he's done a lot of like yeah. my some of my like top movies. Um, Craig will star as a detective. Fuck yeah. Assigned to solve the crime. Details about Curtis's character remain unknown. But still, that's fucking cool. Yeah. I'll see anything with Daniel Craig because he's awesome. Michael Shannon's awesome. Ryan Johnson. Michael Shannon hasn't done a lot since uh, the other movie that he did with um, Aaron Tyler Johnson. Uh, It was like the detective one, too. Oh, right. Yeah, right. I forgot what that was called. Well, he was in uh, Shape of Water. Came out last year. Right. Was it last year? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. 
Yeah, it was. Yeah, but so, yeah, he hasn't done he hasn't much of anything much, yeah. in the last little while. Um, it, but yeah, uh, what's yeah. your face? Jamie Lee Curtis coming off of Halloween. It's cool to see her starting to do like good movies again. And she, again, she was like outside right. of just TV. Yeah. She was not. You're doing right. A lot. She was in kind of crappy projects, but like it's cool to see her doing cool stuff. Again. Yeah. Um, another big one: Wonder Woman eighty four has been moved from November first, twenty nineteen, which is like uh, just about a year from now release date. Yeah to june 5th 2020 yeah which they're saying is because it's taking the spot of um Guardians. mark Wahlberg's no oh. mark Wahlberg's movie uh uh the six billion dollar man which just sounds like shit yeah yeah so it's, they're saying they dumped that that's too. getting yeah, yeah. dumped and then they're moving it in that spot so they're saying it's not because it's like uh, shit's happening with the movie they're saying like, oh no, like no, this wanted- is a good move. Apparently. Yeah, they're saying it's a good move, but they were, I was reading this thing and it was like, well, there's like that one comment was like, is, is this, this the, the first, first time? time? Yeah, exactly. That something's been moved up for a good reason mm-hmm. versus like production problems yeah, exactly. or whatever. I this it moves up to a summer release, pre-summer release, to exactly what they did with the first one. They no longer are fighting. Guardians, which got pushed back again to 2020. Which, November 1st, 2019 is such a weird date. Like, it's kind of yeah, end of the year. Like, you're not yeah, really focused know. on looking at movies. Like, summer movies are... That's that's the time, Yeah, right? but they... So, yeah, like, it depends on what they want. Sure. They want to make money because they know maybe it's good enough. It'll get buzz X, Y, and Z. They'll put it in the beginning of the summer because they know people will see it. It'll build. It'll, like... It'll make money, and then you'll have you put run it in November, for the rest of summer, yeah, and it won't. You put it late in the year; it's probably an award movie, right? Sure. Like, so it makes sense why they would move it up. It was weird that it was so late to begin with, because yeah. it's kind of a no man's land type thing. That's but, what I mean, yeah, yeah. But I, th- yeah, it's exciting. They finally acknowledged that Chris Pratt or Chris Pine's in it, yeah, which I thought was funny. So, because like, like he was at the con or whatever. Doing the panel. Yeah, he was doing that. And, and they he, like, was oh, those, he was in those. He was in those. Yeah. Here for. And they were, he was in those pictures too. Yeah. Uh, like not set pictures. They were like official photos. Yeah. Like are they just pretending that he's not there? They're like, this isn't Chris Pine. It's Chris Fur. Uh, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> Chris Pine's. I can even say like long lost twin because why would he have the first name? <laughs> yeah. First name and it's a like different they're last twins, name. but he's got a different last name. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, like, I mean, it's kind of a bummer that you won't be able to see that movie for another year. I that mean, it'll good. be now like an, a year and a half, two years yeah. almost. Um, but whatever. I mean, it sounds like it's a good move. So, um, yeah. Moving on. Alexander Alexander Skarsgård set to star in Godzilla versus King Kong. Yeah, I read the rest of like the cast list. I don't, yeah. I don't know any of these people. I know. That's what I mean. Like, I know all the ones from like the one that's coming. Like gods or uh, whatever it's called, Godzilla, King of the God, or yeah, God of the Kings, or, or King of the Monsters. Sorry, <laughs> God of the King, King of the Gods, <laughs> King of the um, Monsters. And like, yeah, like I recognize like Kyle Chandler and uh, what's your face, Julian Brown from whatever. We've heard that name before, but like, yeah, and it was like, hey, would all those people die? <laughs> yeah, right, because they're not. It's a whole but then new like cast. also it's all it is also a new cast from the other the, one. Yeah, yeah, the other Godzilla. So how many of the characters from king kong are now in this one because i know that godzilla takes place present day because it says uh and king kong took place in like the 
70s, I think. Sure, yeah. Yeah, right. So yeah, like, you're right. I'm so assuming none of those characters pl- carry over. Yeah, right. That would be obvious. So this is directed by Adam Wingard and also starring Julian Dennison, uh, Brian Tyree Henry, and Damien uh, Berkshire. Ber- Berkshire, I don't know. Don't know. Julian Dennison I recognize. Brian Tyree Henry maybe I recognize, but... Um, that is set to release in May twenty second, twenty twenty, which makes sense because like the other one's coming out next year, so that yeah, that one would follow. That. So yeah, uh, I only had one other thing on here, and it was just like that Keanu Reeves, um, new movie called Replicas that has uh, Thomas Middleditch in it and Alice Eve. And I forgot to send it to you, but mostly I was going to tell you that it looks fucking awful. Oh, really? It looks really uh, bad. And it's kind of weird because, like, we got a trailer a year oh, ago. Uh, sorry, what's her face? Um, I'm looking at the cast list for what's it called. Julian Dennison is the kid from Hunt for the Wilder People. Yeah. Right. Sorry, continue. Um, basically, like, I was going to say this, but it's just about a biologist who violates all possible laws. Lo- this is, like, what the, the movie description says. It's all about a biologist who violates all possible laws and principles in order to bring back life to members of his family who died in a car accident. And like in the trailer, it's like him and they're like sort of in like a lab and he's putting like sentient life or the brain or whatever of like the people that died or whatever into these like androids. And so it's literally the android like waking up being like, oh. What, what is this? And then him feeling his face going, Aah! and then him screaming. And it's really kind of fucked up to like watch. And the acting in it, like Keanu Reeves just sounds awful in it, to be honest. Oh, really? He sounds really bad. Oh. Um, you kind of hear Thomas Middleditch. You don't really see him, but you hear yeah. him. Um, fuck, man. It just looks isn't he, really bad. He's also in the new Godzilla, isn't he? Yeah. And they like, he doesn't talk in it at Which all. Which I really he's hope like, that he's too. getting in more dramatic roles because I like him as an actor. I just. I, I'm kind of tired of seeing Thomas Middle. Okay, so side tangent on Thomas Middleditch. I, I I like him as a comedian, and I think he's really funny. But I'm just really tired of seeing him in the same exact role in every movie, which is like the the goofy, smart, nerdy, dorky person. Yeah, it's like yeah, I know he can play that character. Like, that. Yeah. you ever seen like Silicon Valley? Like he sort of plays, but so a the lesser reason, version of that. The reason he plays characters like that, and I've seen him in interviews, is because he's like that. That's in real just life. how he is. That's just like, how he is. He's not acting. No, I know, <laughs> but I guess my point is that like I know he's a good actor. Yeah, and I kind of want to see him in more dramatic roles because I think he is a good actor. So what if he's in a dramatic role and it he's turns still out the same shit? character yeah, though? Whatever. But he's still the same character. He's just less funny. So they be. take the funny. They take the like redeeming part of him, yeah. and just like, <laughs> and they're like, "Hey, you know the things that make away. you entertaining." Now it's just you clumsily like bumping into stuff. And that would be weird. disappointing. <laughs> I would hate that. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, some interesting news. Uh, I think that Wind River stuff is really gonna be fucking cool because I Taylor Sheridan is pretty oh, much fast. three for three. Like, yeah. I mean, he's fantastic. So, um. Yeah, do you want to talk about the movie now? He was an actor too, hey. Yeah, he was an actor that turned writer. Yeah, which is wild. It's like, good kind of insane because he's a, an amazing writer, and now he's like, people are using like his scripts to teach Film? courses now. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. it's sort of insane. I just I can never get over that too. Like, I know he was like he was in stuff. Like he was in Sins of Anarchy, and then they're like, oh, yeah. uh, 
Well, actually, I want to get into like writing and stuff, and he's like, "All right." <laughs> oh, okay, sure. Anyways, okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, spoilers if you haven't seen this movie, but uh, the sisters' brothers. Uh. So it, it's based off of a novel. The novel the by Patrick Dewitt, uh, which came out I think in 2011. Um. Sorry, I'm just trying to find like the. There we go. So yeah. So it's directed by let's see, Jacques Jacques. <laughs> Odier, I think I got it there. I think so. Maybe. Uh, written by him and watch it not be Jacques. Yeah, it's Jack. Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas uh, beat again. I yeah. Okay. Just anyway, just starting. It's just it stars John C. Riley, Walking Phoenix, Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, Riz Ahmed. Isn't uh, it Riz Ahmed? Riz Ahmed. I'm sorry. I'm really fucking this up. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, the movie is unbelievable. And I yeah. really, I want to start off by saying that I think this is maybe my favorite movie of the year so okay. far. So, with that in mind, okay. is that because we just saw First Man a week before? And comparing the two, this movie blows it out of the water. Like, it I don't is know. so significantly better. For me, at least, that might be part of why I like this movie so much. Is because, like, I didn't... I thought this movie... Even in the dull spots, in the spots where there's just dialogue and they're just talking, I'm like, whoa, like there's a lot of yeah. stuff going on here. This is really interesting. In the same spots in First Man, I was like, how much longer is this movie? Like, I just want to get out of here. That's the, and I think, I, I think you're right. But the, the only difference is I think I've seen like a few movies in between then, like just on my own. Yeah, I have too, but like. But I, I think part of it is you're right. It was probably the same length because I think we got think out of the theater. I think yeah. it started at the same time, and I it think started we got pretty out similarly. Yeah, and we got out. Of, like, we also went to a theater time. that didn't show that many ads. Yeah, true. <laughs> also, which makes us giving nice. a difference on timing. <laughs> should get them to sponsor us. Uh, Capital Six. Yeah, we, we should. should. We should yeah, ask yeah. them. <laughs> hey, hey Capital Six, movie podcast? what up? <laughs> um, I know everybody else is doing one. <laughs> Fuck them. <laughs> Let's just listen to ours, and it's not that good, but. <laughs> And okay, like what? Like what would you even ask them know. for? Just to be able to say capital six, yeah, be like sponsored podcast, advertising. They're oh, like, what I, do I you, guess. what do you want out of it? The uh, only thing uh, is, like, a free popcorn. Whoa, hold on. <laughs> anyway, get into movie free on Tuesday, so you're not losing that much money. I mean, it's just eight dollars. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, no, but I think, and it was funny because like I, there was parts. Yeah, you're right. Like in the first man, I was going like, oh my god, like I did like that movie, but there were a lot of times where I was like, wrap yeah. it up. This wanna, movie, I'm done. This movie, like, really cooked along. Like, it just Man. it had like a pretty good pace, and like all of. The, I think like the slower spots was maybe when Jake Gyllenhaal's character Morris was narrating and like sure. writing in his journal, and even then, because they don't establish anything about him, a lot of what he's saying builds on what who he is as a character, and it's interesting enough that you're sort of like. All right, this is obviously like pertinent information because it plays into the character later and it does set him up as like a certain person and a person yeah. who like doesn't want to get bullied around, who does take his job really seriously, who isn't intellectual. Yeah, totally. And then like all the scenes where he's conversing with Riz Ahmed character, Worm. Yeah. You're Worm, like, yeah. he's such a weird guy and he holds these weird pauses in eye contact and he makes weird things, but it plays, it builds who he is. Yeah. And so much of this movie we had say, those moments. Should we say quickly just like a brief 
plot synopsis. Yeah. Because I think that's so, one thing that we haven't been doing. So no, basically, it follows two brothers. Two brothers. The sisters They're brothers. Eli and Charlie. Sisters. Charlie. Yeah. So that's, Charlie is Joaquin Phoenix. Eli is John C. Riley. Yeah. He's the older brother. And they're basically like... To, they're hitmen. They're hitmen. And they're tasked to go and find... Um, Worm. Yeah, Worm. Who's played by... Uh, Riz Ahmed. Yeah, who apparently has like this. No, he's so initially they say that it's stolen. So they stolen this like thing from the Commodore. That's who's, what like, they're the told, hitman's yeah. boss. And then yeah. like they go and it's from like from their perspective, they're just like fighting people along the way to get to yeah. them because they're tracking him. Um, and then Morris, who is sent ahead as a scout, is also like a detective for the Commodore is sent to go like keep track of him and just like not do anything with him but just make sure that they know where he is anyways yeah so the cool thing about him like you said doing the little narration is you realize that he's actually writing to the, the brothers the, yeah the brothers because like there's parts where you're going like them coming into a town the brothers are coming into a town and they're, and they're reading going, like, the letter hey is there any mail for us and it's like under sisters and he's yeah. like what yeah sisters yeah fucking sisters and then you realize, oh, he's they're getting mail from the guy who's now yeah. being friends Morris, with yeah, yeah. Warm. Yeah, but I don't yeah. think initially it was planned for him to be friends. He was just keeping a distance. Yeah. Because they even, like, show him trying to, like, keep his hat down so the, that Warm doesn't And then he Warm comes over. Yeah, he then comes he initially, over, like, like, hey, befriends him. I've yeah. seen you before. And he goes, no, you haven't. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, they're so like, then it sort of turns into something else. He convinces him to, like, go to um, Jacksonville. Yep. And in Jacksonville, he eventually, like, tries to, like, handcuff him, but, like, Worm figures it out and, like, fights back, but then he eventually handcuffs him, and then Worm's telling him about how he knows that they're coming for this formula, and they're going to torture him, and Morris feels bad and lets him go, and they eventually, like like come up with a company and they're going to start their own thing where they're going to get gold. Yeah. And anyway, so the rest of the movie is just like uh, the two brothers finding them eventually. And yeah. like, so yeah, so now we can keep talking about like the thing. Cause I just want to get out like the synopsis yeah. of the movie, but really like the, it was really interesting because obviously with a Western movie, which it is, it's sort of a very like classic Western, not sort of like a spaghetti Western, but it's a Western movie. It, it you it's have a to, modern Western. Yeah. And you yes. have to show, uh, distance traveled fairly often because like you're constantly going from place to place which is in that day a very long time because they would say like oh how long how far away is this town and they would go like mm, two days yeah so and they're like something, okay so how do we show this, that this uh actually like occurred to me a couple times is that in a lot of movies they'll say literal distance yes and if you've never ridden a horse or you've never done that over mountains or through rivers or whatever, you have no idea how long that's going to take. You have no point of reference. Yeah. And apparently I also heard, like, this is a while ago, but Canadians, oft, most people in uh, countries that use the metric system uh, refer to distance by time. time. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, how long? Two hours. Yeah. How long? five miles or something i know those are completely different but like yeah. still so like in this movie they don't refer to it by distance at all they refer to it how long it takes to get there and yeah. i thought that was great because then yeah you're right like they show they physically show them traveling a lot 
because that's exactly what they set up. They were like, how long to get to Jacksonville? The two, three, four days or whatever. And they're yeah. like, okay. And then it shows them traveling for two, three, four days. So the great thing about showing them traveling is that's that can be such a boring aspect because it's like, how do you show, how do you make that interesting? And I remember watching this one video on, on Edgar Wright and the way that he shows distance traveled in movies. And he, he tries to make it as interesting as possible because like you can't really skip it. You're being like, He's in London one day, and then now he's in the country? Like, what happened? You have to show it somehow? And I really liked how this movie, it would show them on the horse, and they're just chatting. Yeah, they're just and, having And music is sort of, like, playing in the background. Yeah. Where you sort of, you hear the music more than you hear them talking. Yeah. But the cool part is that you actually hear them just so talking about shit. That part also applied to how beautiful this movie is. It, like, yeah. This movie is an amazing looking movie the way that it shot a lot of the colors but then also because they're traveling it looks like in the middle of summer sure yeah or ish ish yeah because like but everything's in bloom so they're like traveling across through the forest or over the mountains at one point in the movie too he goes like how long are we in that forest for yeah right which is sweet like then they're like it's like a callback to what they did in there and that does have like a lot of the travel time also has is like important to the plot because because of something that happens in the forest yeah so like for example there's sorry just a quick example of that too is like where he walking phoenix is drinking a lot and then they're traveling the next day and he's like slumped over on his horse hung over that and then obviously this is like more of a spoiler but like uh a bear attacks the horse while they're in the forest yeah and that eventually leads to the horse dying. Yeah, that's right. Uh, he ends up getting like bit slash eggs laid in him by a spider. Yeah, which, which is happens such a in the disgusting forest. Disgusting part of the movie. But so it applied. Nasty. It like it made them take longer traveling. Yeah, right. And it slowed them down, and it eventually played into the plot on them missing Morris and Worm. Sure. So a lot of that travel stuff was interesting enough because stuff happened while they were traveling. Exactly. Like it wasn't just like they're in Jacksonville, they're in San Francisco, they're in wherever. It wasn't just places. It was stuff along the way, which made yeah. it great. Yeah. And yeah, it just, it just like looked good too. It was just a beautiful, beautiful movie. And yep. It was cool. Like, because you're constantly getting an, an idea of like their relationship and, and their relationship even to, um, their father. Yeah, which I thought like, was like kind of fucked up too. Yeah, because he's like talking about how like what a terrible guy their dad was. And then they but were also like, he's drank. like I can't, we kind of have him to thank for how we're so good at what we're doing. Yeah, because of his like psycho blood is in their blood. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, it was really interesting to like not only were they because I mean like you, you're, you're, it's a western movie, so you kind of just assume like oh they're classic gunslingers. But they were. I mean, they really like fleshed out who they were, what their relationship to each other were. You know how how John C. Riley's character, um, Charlie, Charlie, yeah, just the um, way you said character, Charlie character, uh, Charlie like felt like he was like protecting Eli a lot of the time, and Eli really didn't have that. No, vice versa. Yeah, sorry, vice versa. So it was really cool. Like I thought maybe like. Th- not only did the dialogue sort of shape how they were together, but also what they, you know, their actions actually, like, everything was very fleshed out between the two of them and how they reacted to yeah. other people. Yeah. So I thought, yeah, like, part of that was they were clearly so good at being hitmen. Yeah. And 
that they really like the story itself really didn't need to build on how good they were. They established how good they were by like storming that house in the opening scene. They establish it later when they're like protecting Morris and Worm. They don't need to build on how good they were. They built on their relationship and then, well, that was it. Like they really just built on the two of them and how they interacted, how they interacted with other people. Like it, it, it felt, it was nice that they took that, hitman part out of it yeah and we're like forget about this they're good at this they don't need to be better or worse at this yeah sure but let's focus on like them and how they interact with each other and like how fucked up they are in the past and what yeah how that's gonna play out now because like the one flashback that they do is like the dad chopping up bodies or something like it's really fucking weird yeah and they make it sound like like i thought the voiceover was the dad but then later in the movie i thought maybe it's the brother talking about uh, that's killing the dad I thought, yeah and he was like that was how he was getting rid of the, the dad yeah, he was, was like, like chopping, chopping him up, up. Yeah. yeah it was fucking weird which it makes more sense because that would be really the only time we ever hear from the dad yeah would be like him you know chopping up the bodies or something which that would be a complaint of mine if i that was like the only time i'd like to know more about about the is dad that themselves or is that more just like curiosity yeah. maybe yeah maybe not a complaint but yeah, I mean, like it was cool seeing them sort of travel through town to town, and like they went to what was the one Mayfield? Yeah, and they kill Mayfield. They yeah, and then as they're leaving, they're like, "Good news, you don't have to call it Mayfield anymore." Yeah, and, he, and they they all like run into the building like celebrating. I couldn't tell if they I were celebrating yeah, or they, they were just I was like, like oh, they're just gonna yeah. go rob the place or yeah. something. Yeah, too. And it was funny, like them and like the Mayfields men are like hunting them as well at some point yeah. and you know he's like he's like you don't have to hunt us anymore you're not gonna get paid yeah and he like shoots at him <laughs> they like kill him anyway yeah. yeah and he's like wearing his hat at one point <laughs> like yeah it was it was such a, a well shot movie it was a well directed movie it was a really well acted movie i think that was what sealed it for me yeah was. because there was a lot of dialogue where you're like if they didn't deliver it like that this would be really corny or boring or boring but, but like the way maybe that that's were, just actors in general though, sure right? yeah, yeah i mean but like the and that's what makes good actors good actors is like they are able to yeah. elevate that that script or the dialogue that they're given which i think every single actor that was i like did that yeah i like that this movie played mostly from john c Riley's perspective we talked about that after the movie and which is i didn't really realize until yeah. you had said so that. he yeah it like follows him protecting charlie and it never really like goes to charlie it's mostly just him. And even, which I'm not thinking about, even when it goes to uh, Morris and like him reporting on whatever, it's, it's through a letter. Yeah. So it's John C. Riley reading, reading the letter, but Charlie's also reading the letter. But anyways, it's them reading the letter. So it's, it's what, like, I guess you could argue that he's now imagining what Morris is seeing and doing and yeah. stuff. So yeah, I, I really appreciated that, that you had somebody to like, okay, this is the anchor type thing and following him through the story. And even when like it switches so that Charlie's mostly the killer and then Eli is showing like remorse over it. Yeah. And when Charlie has the accident and Morse and Warm die and then he loses his arm, it switches so that Charlie's now getting protected or now doing less killing, no killing. And yeah. Eli has to be the bigger brother, the older brother, and protect totally, him and yeah. stuff. And that was really interesting to me. I love how it ended. Where they so just like they Raven, just hold yeah. on. Right before we talk about the ending, I just wanted to add to your point because like 
the really where you that makes it really super obvious that you're seeing it from John C. Riley's point of view is where he's asleep and he swallows the spider and he wakes up and he's walking Phoenix. Yeah, just you killed don't a bear. see anything that's happened in the meantime. And you're like, wait, what happened? And he's like, I killed like the bear came out the horse. Like I killed the bear. Like, yeah. And you're like, wouldn't oh. that? Wouldn't you have seen that? Yeah. If it was a shared perspective. If it was a shared was, perspective, you would have seen both. Like you would have seen that happening and him just like falling asleep with a spider yeah. walking in his mouth. So I and yeah, so that's kind of a neat touch. Yeah, which I guess you would have to read the book to really be. Yeah, like, I don't. Oh, yeah. And I don't know if that's in the book or not. I'm or not sure. Yeah, is. which I'm interested to now sort of read that book and see if like yeah. there is more stuff on the dad. Maybe like I was looking it up on Wikipedia. It didn't sound like it. Okay. Anyway, sorry. The ending. But yeah, ending so the ending. Beautiful. The ending's really nice. Like they go home and. So maybe start um, from like. Uh, oh yeah. So how, they, wa- the, the idea was die. that like. They were gonna join, so they got convinced to join the gold, uh, the gold company that Morrison Warm has started. Yeah, they die, so they ditch it. Um, but he ends up having to take him into town to get his like arm fixed, and they were worried that the Commodore was gonna come after them because they had realized that they weren't killing Morris, who they were also paid to kill, yeah. and Warm. Um, so the Commodore was sending guys after him. So Eli's killing guys, and then they realize, okay, they just have to go and kill the Commodore because that's the only way it's going to end. So they're fighting their way through guys, and they get to the Commodore, and the Commodore is fucking dead. Yeah. And I kind of <laughs> thought that, like, at one point, I was like, oh, like, he's not going to be dead. It's just like a trap. Like, they're yeah. just, like, luring him in. They're like, he mm-hmm. gets there, and then when they're, like, putting their guns away, I'm like, oh, fuck, he's dead. Yeah, he's like, totally dead. Oh, no. Then and then just, I like, thought it was a trap, and then he and punches just, him in the face. They and just, I was like, like let him yeah, in. And they're like, yeah, come in. Like, yeah. service is going on right now. Yeah, so, like, then he, like, makes sure that he's dead. So they were like, okay, what do we do? And then they go home. Because they, part of the thing was that they didn't do this for the money. They had money. They had stolen money. They had been paid yeah. pretty well by the Commodore. They didn't need the money. So they were just like looking for something to do. And John C. Riley's character, Eli, kind of jokes about like starting a store or something yeah. like that. Which and, Charlie uh, hates. Like, yeah. he's, he's like, he doesn't no, want to settle like, down. He wants that. to be a hitman. And part of what changes his mind is losing his arm because it's a shooting arm. Mm hmm. So then he goes home and his mom almost shoots both of them. Yeah. Like their mom almost shoots them, lets them back in. And then the ending of the movie is this beautifully shot, uh, like, a, what's it called? It's a continuous shot of inside their childhood home, like of them resting, eating, yeah. bathing, like all this stuff. It's... And in the way it's shot, it finishes with Eli laying down on his childhood bed and then it closes. I think that's it's really amazing. It's, it's going to be such a perfect ending. And it's such a memorable scene. Yeah, it's it like is. them. And it's like, they're like, no, ma, it's us. It's like, it's your boys. And then she's like, she kind of puts the gun down. Like, but then she's like, then you the better not scene, be bringing trouble or something. Yeah. Like, and the next no, scene, like, it's just like them hugging. Yeah. And then it's just sort of like slowly moves about the house and like they're eating and they're in the bath. And then, it ends with him just like falling asleep and it's like yeah it's so but I, nice i think part of it is so beautiful is that like when when eli pitches to charlie that he's like i like let's just let's start a store you know like let's let's do something like that and then charlie doesn't want he wants to continue to be like the hitman because he thinks he's really good at it he wants to be the commodore basically yeah and he's like in his head like that's the dream is to be like this cool outlaw like yeah he wants to live that sort of dream out part of it is because that i think 
psychologically that's what he knows that he's good at because of how like fucked up his dad was and how fucked up he's realizing he yeah. is so and i thought it was really interesting because like as they're sort of as the the two maurice and more uh warm uh die and then he loses his arm it, there's like this realization that they're when they're going back to the commodore that eli is protecting yeah he charlie has, because like, charlie doesn't have an arm anymore stuff. he doesn't have like the shooting arm so he's the one protecting him. You know, he sees himself. He, he thought he saw himself as the bodyguard. And then Charlie kind of said, no, he's like, that's definitely not what you are. But then he turns into it. But then he turns yeah. into it. And it's this realization that he's useless yeah, without it's, it's Eli. It's like this, this really cool transformation. Well, not really. I actually thought that like, was maybe one of the more like interesting parts of the movie because there wasn't any dialogue. Yeah. It was just oh, yeah. him like fighting through guys and it was running just away Eli from kicking ass and, and then yeah. Charlie like fumbling trying to help. And it was like really nice to see that kind of happen, like without yeah. them outright being like So like Charlie, like what like how come you're not yeah. So like it was really cool to see that part of it. I honestly think that the third act like not to say this isn't to say like the first and second act were like bad. Weak. Yeah, the third act stole it for me. It was that's what like really put the bow on it because it turned it went from a western with maybe some funny parts in it to this like really memorable beautiful, beautiful movie. movie that ended amazing. Like yeah. it was just a perfect movie. for well, me. Well, and it's it's funny that you say that because first two act I was like I think this might be my favorite movie so yeah. far. And then the third and then the third act, act like, I was like yeah shit, no yeah. it is like this yeah. is really great because like. It, they go back and you know people are stopped chasing them so they're they're sort of able to relax and then they realize the commodore is dead and and sort of that end scene is given so much more power because you realize that like they both sort of got what they wanted yeah like charlie can be the commodore if he wants because yeah. there is no commodore anymore yeah and eli is able to to live at home and i don't and, think he'll be the commodore I don't no think he wants to be i think that's anymore. it that's i think he's like yeah. yeah but i you know they they're able to sort of be at peace with who they've become and who yeah. they're going to be in the future or whatever, like what they were able to do. Yeah. And I think it was like, that just made the movie so much better and so much yeah. more beautiful than it already was, which is saying a lot. Yeah. Um, seven out of seven for me. Oh, easily. Yeah. This is, there was, yeah, I think like that was the same. There was a point during the first, second act where I was like, this is so good. It really it, like it completely blew me away because so I showed this to uh, a friend of mine the trailer because I was talking about how great this movie was and I showed them the trailer and the trailer is a comedy yeah. it makes it it puts literally every single joke the only jokes in the entire movie are in this trailer yeah. and there's even some that didn't make it into the full movie so I wonder if maybe they had gone with a different tone. I think and so. then re-edited it to be like, I don't know if it's working. Let's do it this way. Let's keep some of these things. Some of these like normal everyday life jokes are not like joke jokes. Yeah. And it works so much better. But yeah, yeah I had to be like, like it's not a comedy. It's not like this at all. It's yeah. very serious. It's dramatic. It's like, it's a crime drama yeah. with some jokes. Like I'd say that is like the most like off the wall type. And that's not to say that the, t the editing... Uh, at all affected the movie because because it's a transition well, it, it honestly didn't uh, um it didn't occur to me until i had seen the trailer yeah after. and there's no point in the movie where you're going like what happened here I yeah so like, that's the other thing is that there's like chapters in yeah. this movie where it's a close-up from charlie's pers or eli's perspective seeing something. of something specific that has 
some sort of role in the plot in that specific like area. Yeah. So like when they get to the Commodore, it's the Commodore's crest. Yeah. Uh, it later it's like the jewels of them going yeah. through the forest, and then it's like well, stuff it, like the that. Jewels uh, from him seeing Eli's uh um, oh, sorry Charlie's uh horse. Yeah. So he's like looking. It's like yeah. him seeing it from that perspective. So which I was like, it was a really cool way of like breaking up parts in the movie not that it needed it it was just like a neat like added thing um seven out of seven one of the other things uh i saw or at the beginning of this movie that was really pissed me off was how many production companies were involved that was weird people were laughing really fucking weird and it was silent and it was really like they had everybody had pitched in a certain amount of money and they were like no i want my name on there like you gotta put our name on there so i was reading the wikipedia after and uh yeah, so John C. Riley's production company bought the rights of the movie. Because he's one of the producers. But then, like, he had gotten this other company that he, he like, knows the person in to add to it. And then they eventually, like, just kept piling on. Yeah. Um, but I just thought it was funny. Yeah. But, um, yeah, 7 out of 7. This is my favorite movie so far. Mine as well. Definitely recommend going to see this. Yeah. Don't. Watch I would trailer. say stay away from the trailer. Stick trailer, yeah. It's a Western, and that's all you need to know. It is um, violent, and that's why the R rating. Yeah. I was kind of waiting for more R rating stuff, and I was like, I guess guys are getting shot. And you're seeing so, like yeah. him getting sawed off, his arm, arm sawed yeah. off. But uh, the last thing I wanted to say is that this movie kind of bombed in the box office, uh, and I really blame that on advertising. Yeah, I really I don't think it was that. advertised that well. Uh, yeah, and so it, it's not getting played at Cineplex, and it's not getting played at like major theaters. It's getting played at Capital Six, which is like more of an indie yeah so if you can find it go and watch it it's a beautiful movie yeah it really is uh the book apparently is really great too yeah uh seven out of seven for me um but yeah uh thanks for listening to twin speaks first watch first listen of the sisters brothers starring walking phoenix john c Riley, uh jake gyllenhaal and riz ahmed uh (laughs) really great movie you can follow me on twitter at kid underscore uh at anemonium on instagram um, check out our our Twitter uh, at Twin Speaks Pod underscore, and we've got like a T Public account now, so you can if you want you can buy some merch. It, I mean, we get like a buy that merch. back, but like whatever. It's <laughs> so just it's cool to have a shirt or whatever. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, cool. Bye. Bye.